Coverdale. Hey now, Mr. Coverdale, how you doing today? Hi, Jeremy. How are you? Oh. I see you on uh, on my Twitter. How's oh, it going? Yeah. We're always interacting. We always I have mean, a blast. listen, I'm getting double Canadian here. What the <laughs> hell? I feel like putting ice on. I know. I know. Yeah. And, and listen, I get oh. the number one on-air host, and I get the number one singer in the world, so I'm getting a double-double oh. as well. Uh, look at you. Canadian. Oh, listen, I'll come, and watch, I'll come and watch Squirrels with you, Mitch. Don't worry. <laughs> Squirrels <laughs> and raccoon, <laughs> my yeah. friend. That's, Gra- that's my life. <laughs> Grab your Eating ice skates, Mr. Coverdale. Come so, on Jeremy, over. Jeremy, where are you? Where are you, Jeremy? And, and uh, where? So I'm actually. I think Mitch, you're in Montreal. You're both French Canadian, right? Well, no, he, um, he's yeah, Mohawk. So Mitch lives about like 20 minutes from me, but I live on a native reservation. We're Mohawks, so we're just outside of Montreal, oh, on the oh. South Shore, on the on the banks of the mighty Saint Lawrence. So I live on a reservation. And, okay, uh, so come on, is it Germany, white deer? You know, white yeah, wolf. So actually, or some fucking name. Well, oh, oh, white snake. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, that's it. We keep it with the theme, right? It's a pleasure to talk with you, gentlemen. Thanks for refreshing, James. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Probably half an hour. uh, Who starts? Ladies first, Mitch? Yes. So, uh, Jeremy, go ahead. Well, let's get right into it. So, White Snake, the the Blues album came out on February 19th, available wherever music is sold. Make sure you get that awesome blue double LP gatefold vinyl, which is awesome. I've got the white one. I've got the red one, super sexy. I called it sex red vinyl because it's exactly what it looks like. And I'm yep. still waiting for my blue oh, one to come yeah. in. So looking forward to that. Welcome oh, to the show, Mr. Really David Coverdale. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, the blue vinyl. Uh, and there's no compromise in any way, shape, or form. Uh, if you're a vinyl fan, which it sounds like, uh, you know we're doing the best we can. You yes. know, when we started, even Purple, with the global success we had, we had to use, like, the uh, after they'd cut classical records, we got the leftover, you know, shit to make the our vinyls from. <laughs> it was classical records that were given the good stuff, and we're giving, you know, the absolute best. Uh, the guy I work with, my A&R guy in London, uh, Hugh Gilmore, who's also my co-art uh, director on, on artwork and T-shirts, album covers, uh, super, super guy, worked together 15, 20 years. Um, but he is a huge aficionado of vinyl, uh, and we sell every piece we do. So he's our quality control. Um, and I think you're going to be very happy when you slip that out. You, you're going to want to wear it, man. Oh, great. Yeah. Cause I'm holding the red <laughs> Sorry, one in front of me right now. Vinyl and... albums on nipples popping out. Sorry. <laughs> Well, that's it. You know, and listen, you're talking about the packaging and everything. It sounds like you have a lot of pride in it, as you should, because it's honestly the best packaged vinyl record I've bought in the last couple of years. The gatefold's beautiful, oh, the embossed cover, like, and the the attention to detail as well, like the write-ups and everything. It's it's just so well done, Mr. Coverdale. So I just want to say from a fan's perspective, just I appreciate it. So thank you. It's, well, all of this is uh, passion-driven and fan-driven. Uh, if you're familiar, Mitch and I have talked about this before. Um, if you, uh, right now, when I did a couple of years ago, uh, a deal, a catalog deal with Rhino, mm-hmm. uh, and we've turned into the best of friends and, and Warners and I work with Warner Chapel Publishing. This is like a team that you just go, why the hell didn't I have these guys 40 years ago? But I'm really grateful to have them now. Um, mm. and they're vision driven with me. I've done everything I do. I discuss with them from top to bottom. This is what I want to do. This is, they allow me an enormous uh, budget for 
Uh, it's a video, you know, as you can see, there's lots of new videos yeah. that we're releasing with songs that didn't exist six months ago. Um, and it's really fan driven. You know, when, when I look at somebody who spent 60 bucks or something and they turn around and go, Oh my God, I can't believe the evolution CD, how that song was born or, you know, that means the world to them. Uh, and it's just a lot of thought goes into it. You know, fans are going to love this. That's our bottom line. Are the fans going to like it? They're going to love it. Well, let's go with it. You know? I agree. Just quickly talk to me about revisiting some of the tracks because, you know, sometimes when you get these uh, sort of greatest hits compilations, you just get the same sort of reheated slice of pizza year after year after year. But when you get yours, you get a whole new product. It's it's a whole new album. I mean, the looking for love, the crying in the rain, the uh, too many tears. I mean, they just sound so different than the originals and it's just it's great because now you can sort of throw them in your playlist four times three times you know well uh, yeah it's uh, you, you've got to remember this has been a whole labor of love these are not greatest hits albums what i've gen uh, literally done is use the very famous members of the white snake family like still of the night here go again you know the judgment day crying in the rain to introduce a lot of people to lesser known cousins, distant relatives. You know, I honestly feel some of the ballads I wrote with uh, Doug Aldridge, uh, All I Want, All I Need, um, Easier Said Than Done, are up there with Is This Love. They just didn't get the exposure. Um, I didn't want to work with overtly corporate America, which is how Geffen was turning. Um, so I didn't even give them uh, what was uh, an album called Restless Heart. And my God, when you hear the remix, Mitch, I know you and I have talked about this before, the albums to die for. We've got Joel on there now and Derek Sherinian. It's blisteringly good. It's, it, it's definitely uh, paid off to do, to revisit that. And that's going to be the first box set probably for Christmas this year with COVID rearing and those variants rearing its terribly ugly head again. Uh, there's a lot of factories that are uh, involved in making all the elements that go into those large packages uh, unable to guarantee uh, delivery of, of certain things. So we have to you know, move with the time on that. So uh, I don't think that's going to be out until like September, October, but that's going to be another oh, action pack. Awesome. You know, maintaining, yeah, maintaining uh, the integrity of the original by remastering with Scott Hall in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the first disc will be uh, the Chris Collier, Michael McIntyre, and David Coverdale remix. It's mm. it's it's a beautiful piece of work. I'm thrilled with it, and it is now a different cover. It's actually a White Snake album. But oh, wow. these, as I say, uh, I'm, I'm introducing uh, lesser known because if you remember, after leaving uh, corporate record business i didn't make records for a couple of years mm. um and then i got a, I had a meeting with uh, a very strong at the time um very gung-ho spv you must remember back in the oh i remember them of your mind. <laughs> yes um well they came to me and, and they were like it was like early days for me because pretty much all the record company people i worked with mitch jeremy were musicians they had some musical, either they were in bands, you know, uh, so I could talk to them about music. We could discuss integrity. I don't want to really do this. Do I have to do Top of the Pops? It's not really, because I've always felt that my work, considering the success we achieved, 
was more 70s album based, you know, late mm-hmm. 60s, 70s album. We've just had an amazing run with singles. But, um, and I've got that once again. But working with SPV and then my Italian stallions, uh, Trantias, the imprint was minimal. Uh, uh, um, it was much stronger in Europe and, and Japan. South America, not so. North America, not really at all. Um, so a lot of these things uh, we're introducing are brand new to people. And that's very refreshing for me, you know, and that yep. they stand up to the big, big hits. Yeah. You know, they, they really do. Let me just uh, follow up real quick on on you mentioned yeah. uh, Derek Sherinian. Talk to me about bringing in and adding keys to that, because Derek's, you know, he's been, he's played with Alice Cooper, he's played with Kiss, he's just one of the nicest guys. Billy Idol, yeah, yeah. Billy Idol, of course. We've never actually met in person. It's always texts and phone calls. Nice. Uh, And I'm a huge admirer of his work. One of the things I, uh, it was so interesting, um, John Lord was a huge part of the sonic identity of Deep Purple. Mm. Um, his left hand was that huge root enhanced by Glenn Hughes, his ridiculously twangy um, and funky uh, Rickenbacker. Uh, and, and John brought that left hand stuff to me with the Ready and Willing album and, uh, you know, up to, up to slide it in, that lovely scorching uh, scenario. And, De- and Derek, and, and I'd missed that, uh, frequency in a lot of the songs, particularly the um, the Slip of the Tongue album. Mm-hmm. I missed something and I could never, what the hell am I missing here? Uh, and then, of course, it's, oh my God, a big scorching hammered organ, if you'll excuse the expression. <laughs> a big a big scorching squirrel. Hell yeah. <laughs> we love More the squirrel. squirrels, the better. But Derek, uh, he first did sessions for me on uh, the Restless Heart album uh, and honestly made that sound like, well, when you hear it, you know what I mean. It sounds like an amazing hybrid from the early Whitesnake going into the more American style, you know, when I started working with American players. Um, Yeah, so, and Joel, of course, uh, not... One flying Dutchman simply isn't enough for me. I have to have two flying Dutchmen. You know, so Joel was in Vegas working with Sher, uh, God bless her, yeah. old friend. Um, and, and he had a couple of days off and he said, I was thinking about just coming up to the studio because we're in Reno. It's 50 minutes flight. Uh, and I said, yeah, 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 for sure. And I was working on, it might have been, uh, early stuff with Reb. I'm not sure, but Reb was in uh, was in residence. Uh, anyway, Mikey said, my uh, right-hand guy, you know him, Mitch, you've spoken to him. He said, well, Joel's come in. Do you want to put him to work? And I went, what, what are you? Oh, I went, rest his heart. Yeah, because after doing Sliver the Tongue and Coverdale Page, I wanted to strip down. And basically, Restless Heart, was initially going to be a David Coverdale solo album mm. um, at the re- uh, recommendation of my manager at that time, the amazing Howard Kaufman and Rupert Perry, the president of uh, EMI after Coverdale Page. I said, okay, now it's time for you to work under David Coverdale. And then the whole regime changed and we had to do David Coverdale and White Snake. It was infuriating. But I never, all we did was to try to make it more snaky by making the drums louder in the mix and, the, uh, and Adrian's guitar. 
but it felt like it was imbalanced. It wasn't wasn't quite right. Right. So my feeling was what we need, uh, you know, it's a great Hammond player, no questions. Derek Truanian's the go-to guy. Because uh, a lot of people I've worked with have worked with Derek too. Um, and Joel just played so respectfully. Uh, he never stepped on any of Adrian's guitars. There was never any discussion of removing Adrian's uh, solos. Um, but it's really toughened the record up. It mm-hmm. really is like that, as I say, almost as if it's the crossover record from early White Snake to uh, like the 87 album. You know, it's really right. cool. Well, so talking about that 87 album and, you know, where we're at now with the Red, White, yeah. and Blues record, how do you take those songs? Cause listen, like, Mr. Coverdale, I'm 26 years old, and I've only been listening to this music for, like, 15 years. You know, my parents introduced me to this stuff, and I'm so familiar with, you know, those 80s-sounding records. And I love the cannonball snares and the big hairy guitars and all that stuff. When you go in to, re- you know, redo these records and these songs and put them together on these, you know, on this collection of the Red, White, and Blue, and you want to update them, so to say— why do that? Because I think they're just so iconic, those songs, we, you know, with the okay. big 80s well, snare. Jeremy, and... Let me tell you, for you, for, for you uh, and, and that particular cup of tea, yeah. you're getting that. You're just having the original remastered. Okay. So that original song, record, the same as on 87, the same on Slide It In, the same as, you know, well, we still have to remix uh, a lot of the Slip of the Tongue uh album mm-hmm. you know coronavirus came in baby closed a lot of things down <laughs> wrecked everything um, but the uh but what i did want to do and i mean with great respect was to lose the 80s tinkly keyboards which was much more uh a scenario of keith olsen oh, okay. and my respect for him as a as a producer uh the over echoey snare i mean everybody thinks the bonzo would have an over echo it wasn't it was a room ambience that they used. They used a single yeah. mic dangling down a stairwell for when the levee breaks and, uh, and, and Zeppelin four. It was really, you know, but the, all of that booming echo cancels other things out. Mm. You know, I would love uh, recording at Little Mountain. Um, I would have loved to have recorded Cozy there, but I recorded at Little Mountain uh, with Ainsley Dunbar and we ended up open, opening like a loading bay to capture some of that big concrete fucking ambience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Denny Kamasi, who is such a clean player uh, when we did Coverdale Page, you know. Um, but the circumstance is it cancels other things out when you have that big pop. If you listen to the new mix of Is This Love, you could hear all the little innuendos of, of John Sykes' guitar playing, right, uh, where right. you couldn't hear that before. You know, you hear the resolve of John's amazing solo, whereas before it was just a wadge of notes in echo. Mm. Um, and it was just of the time. That's the thing with my work, having five decades of work behind me. I've worked with most of the technologies, starting off with 16, well, eight-track demos, <laughs> Uh, uh, before joining Deep Purple, sixteen track. track Rolling Stones, fuck, you know, and they're time capsules. I get that, but it's just too distracting for me, mm. and I can't even, like Joe Elliott, uh, uh, a mutual friend, I'm sure. Um, and when I sent him the rock album, he said, "Oh my God, is that a different psych solo on Still of the Night?" I said, "No, you can just fucking hear it now." Ah, right, right. You know, okay. it's cleaned up. You know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was amazing for me to revisit this stuff. 
with with so many different musicians, so many different technologies over the decades, uh, so many different engineers, so many different producers, mastering guys. They've all affected the sound of this thing. Mm -hmm. And the circumstance is, for me, a frustrated DJ, I sound like George Hahn. For me, for, <laughs> uh, for me, a frustrated for DJ, me, mate, putting a yeah, putting a white snake mixtape together was so dissatisfying. Whereas I never noticed with other artists, mm. but with mine, I went, oh fuck, the snare drum, cozy snares, too boomy, right? You know, compared to. Uh, Ainsley's, you know, or whatever. So it, my first instruction, once uh, Christopher Collier, our mixer extraordinaire, um, came into our lives, I said, this is, I said, this is beautiful. You've got a great handle on it. Uh, I said, now what we have to achieve is a consistent sonic identity, mm -hmm. which one of the things is my voice, of course. And for many years, I would always mix my, mix my voice back into it, it's like early 70s records, the voice was just part of the band, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and now you can hear I'm singing, is this love, not is this lunch? Yeah. So that's a big improvement. <laughs> it's a lot more upfront and yeah, a lot more present. <laughs> but of course, there, there's nothing wrong with lunch. I mean, let's, let's oh, be honest. But no, um, just no, real quick, no, you mentioned, no, no. You mentioned uh, Jimmy Page. Uh, there will Thank be a know. Page plant two at some point. Is, is that what I'm understanding? And is it well, all new songs? It won't be on my dime, but a potentially Coverdale page. What, the, <laughs> what did I say? Plant. Oh, I said plant. Who, who the hell are you talking to, sir? <laughs> Mr. Coverdale, I was just as confused as you were. I, I have gotten very, <laughs> okay. very old, and it's it's the it's the uh, it's the Alzheimer's uh, working its way in. Oh my God! Did I say Alzheimer? Oh, yeah, yes, but, you did. But wash covered... your mouth out with soap and water. Stick a bar of palm olive in there. But, um, but at least I'm so, calling you. At least I'm calling you David. This interview, I didn't make that that mistake um, twice. Huh? Uh, no, no problems. No problems. I have the greatest <laughs> respect. But the um, sorry, I literally, uh, I'm trying to think where we are. I think at the end of the Christmas present I got, I'd been negotiating with a former record company for missing assets, mm -hmm. um, and some of the things had gone up in a fire, and I went, well, that's not fucking good enough. Uh, and when you're dealing with high-rise apartments full of lawyers who would, whose job is just to frustrate you and, and, and make it so cost-prohibitive uh, in litigation, um, I came up with the idea of, well, okay, well, give me this, give me that, give me that, and give me the Coverdale page record. And lo and behold, I got it. Mm -hmm. So that was an amazing Christmas present. As my son was in fucking hospital, we needed something, some joy, uh, and I was very happy to call Jimmy and say, you're not going to believe this, but I've just got us control worldwide, blah, 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 uh, of Coverdale Page. It's the 30th anniversary uh, in 23, 2023, not uh, <laughs> 1823, yeah. the 30th anniversary. <laughs> uh, I've been working on a couple of ideas to present to him. He's at his country estate. Understandably, we'll not go into London or a studio. I said, we have plenty of time. So, and I've just given these, these things for him to think about. I think the fans would love a Jimmy Page mixed version of the album and as, along with the original. So Jeremy's happy. Yes. Um, and work. a David Coverdale mix for my people. So yeah. that would be part of the ultimate collector's box set. You know, Jimmy has to agree to this kind of stuff. And, and I've written uh, with Doug Aldridge on uh, iChat, for Christ's sake, and then FaceTime, 
Um, and uh, I haven't had to do that prior to the virus with Webb and Joel. Right. Um, but it worked very, very well for, for Doug and I because we knew each other extraordinarily well, uh, could finish each other's sentences, etc. cetera. Uh, and not only did we get on uh, well as people, which was one of the inspirations for me and motivations to actually say, come on, let's sit down with a couple of acoustics and see if we can musically converse. And, and we created some magic. Um, so I would have been really happy had Good To Be Bad been my last studio album. And then lo and behold, I would have been even happier if Forevermore was my final studio album. And then, oh my God, are you kidding me? We have another great record with Flesh and Blood. So, mm. you know, the inspiration is still there uh, to do that, given the circumstances. Um, but uh, I would love, I have so much stuff to do, guys, in terms of uh, finishing off box sets for uh, the next three to five years, which is what I might do with Warners um, and my super team there. Uh, but also, uh, I also will make the time, certainly under these circumstances, to remix uh, Coverdale Page. And we have, I think, four unreleased songs. Um, and I have a couple of ideas, as I say, I've been working on uh, that I want to present to Jimmy and see if he wants to have something to do in lockdown in outside of London. So yeah. fingers crossed. And for the record, it's not that I don't like the new records. I was just saying that it was it's it's cool to hear the differences between that. And now the fact that you explained is saying, you know, the whole point of it and remixing the albums, and remastering them was to elevate and really yeah. showcase the performance. That makes a whole lot of sense because yeah. you're absolutely right. That's exactly what it does. You know, I was listening to Slow and Easy off the well, Blues Michael album Devin, a while ago. Michael and, Devin was always disappointed. Michael Devin and Brian, uh, Brian Tisher were super rhythm section. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, Brian brought uh, Michael Devin to my attention. Uh, and obviously he's 10 years plus now a snake and uh, a beautiful soul uh, whom I love dearly. Um, but he was always disappointed with the mix on the forevermore album. He felt he was like kind of short sold, which was really disappointing for me to hear. So we made a point of making sure he sounded great. I heard from Tishy the other day too, and he's thrilled with, uh, with what he's heard. So, you know, I'm sending all these guys, the, the videos as they're coming out because They've never seen them, you know? Right. It's from footage from shows, unseen footage from home, home video, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and, and everything seems to be working. We have a, a brand new guitar-based mix video of Give Me All Your Love, maybe this week or next week. Nice. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to hold back too many tears for the Restless Heart box set. Um, even though I'm in love with the new mix. Yeah. And that's probably... Too many tears. I think one of my favorite uh, Adrian Soul. Some of the work he did on Restless Heart was just glorious for me. Uh, the, the Take Me Back Again. Interestingly enough, Woman Trouble Blues and Take Me Back Again, two fabulous White Snake epics, were originally ideas I'd had had Jimmy Page and I made a second album. And Adrian, of course, feasted upon them. Uh, and two of my favorite Vandenberg solos are Take Me Back Again. And woman trouble blues. I think I think he plays magnificently on them. Mm. He's a great blues player, Adrian. Yeah, he is. You know, mm -hmm. terrific player. He's a super blues. Yeah, he's a super super player. And uh, yeah, you you listen to those two so well, and the solo on Too Many Tears. Oh my word! Yeah, mm. amazing. And of course, Derek's on there too, scorching his way through there. And and Joel, Joel and Derek are on all. Um, the 
Yeah, I want to talk to Steve as well because I haven't had time. He's at a studio. A lot of a lot of people aren't blessed with a home studio, but but Steve's Steve's got a super studio. Yeah, he I does. might ask him if he wants to do any. You know, for the revamp slip of the tongue, if he wants to do any more. Adrian's really busy with, and I'm so happy he's got his name back. Can you believe all those years, guys? He, uh, his former colleagues in Vandenberg <laughs> wouldn't let him use his own fucking name. That's I know. Gee. Uh, and kept going on and they kept losing case after case, and he still couldn't use his, his own fucking name. Yeah. So oh, anyway, there you but, go. But he got it back, and he and he brought in uh, Ronnie Romero, yeah, and they yeah. made a great thank record. God, yeah. Well, and yes, indeed, and thank God, you know, uh, that was right. And uh, yeah, we're still in in good communication. I'm very happy he's in his sixties now. It was very lonely up there for a time. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Coverdale, I got to say, my my whole takeaway from this conversation is that you're just having an absolute blast. Yeah. Well. You know, one of the bottom lines is is that tomorrow my son hopefully gets the final thumbs up from uh, his pulmonary specialist. Yeah. He uh, not only was um, dealing with the coronavirus uh, an enormous challenge and continues to be, but we almost lost, I think Mitch and I spoke, I think I almost lost my primary home to a wildfire. Oh my God. Uh, and then yeah. just, yeah, we were, we had to move into the studio house for three or four months while this was, it's in, impossible to imagine, but this wildfire, the moment I saw it, it was just a plume of, you know, when you see a tire burning or something and it's that <laughs> yeah. rubber black smoke. And I, and I went, Oh fuck that. I don't like that. But it was a clean black plume going up Oof. and within 30 minutes it was being evacuated and surrounded by a wildfire um and it and the next day i was expecting to come up and just see ashes and just how the hell am i going to explain this to cindy because that day she <laughs> driven to la to see jasper um right. and the house survived but of course it was in all of our landscape i mean it really when we've had still thankfully we have snow here mm -hmm. which covers up all the burn, you know, acres and acres of, of burnt uh, land, no trees. It's almost a lunar landscape without the snow. It's heartbreaking, wow. but the house survived, but it took three or four months to clear and clean, disinfect, um, fumigate a new air system, which was filthy from it, because that sucked in a lot of the smoke. There are firms, I don't know whether you guys know this, you just see the awful headlines of, wildfires in california yeah. or that there are firms that go in and and clean all your fucking clothes all your shoes they photograph everything put all your books back in the library shelves and although i, I think my guy was a bit uh, dyslexic <laughs> so, <laughs> what the hell is that doing there you know don't let my wife see the playboy book of 1960 um the um <laughs> But it's breathtaking the job they did uh, on, and, and the fact that our home was saved was amazing. And then we just moved back in. We think initially Jasper may have popped, our son Jasper may have popped a rib. It mm. turns out to be bacterial pneumonia, and he punctured a lung. Oh so God. he spent all of Christmas in hospital, a month in hospital, two surgeries, um, and we're, as I say, tomorrow, I think it's going to be two thumbs up. But that living with that, we celebrated Christmas. I don't know whether you saw Mitch on uh, social media. Yeah. I think we celebrated Christmas ten days, 
10 days after Christmas, you know. Yeah. There's no way we, Cindy and I were going to open gifts or whatever. Well, no. Um, Without them, you know. And it's, yeah, it was, so it's been extraordinarily challenging. So once he's gotten the write-up, I can let that out of my focus, you know, and go, right, you know, we have six ra- full radio shows, which are very entertaining, all put on the back burner because of all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, we have to reconnect. Um from where we were four or five months ago, six months ago, uh, and then get back back in the saddle. Right. Oh, man. Well, aside from the fact yeah, that you had all that it. shit going on, the fact that you sound so optimistic and, uh, you know, like as if nothing's going on, it's, it's hey, you're professional. Well, no, it's, it's well, the circumstances. I think people know. Uh, yeah. And you're pretty open about uh, everything, you know, on just, social media. And, you know, you're very present online. So people well, yeah, know what's that's going amazing. on. That's amazing. I mean, most of my homes have been uh, in gated communities and surrounded by cameras. My privacy and, and protecting my family has always been uh, number one on my list. Yeah. You know, I give, I feel I give so much uh, as a professional. Uh, and one of, uh, as soon as this happened, I just felt motivated and inspired to try to to keep people's spirits up. Yeah. Um, but, to, but can I just a, say a, a, an extraordinarily challenging fucking time, dudes? You know, yeah. and continues to be. But I feel this light at the end of the tunnel, which I, I must certainly didn't feel at the beginning of the year. No. Yeah. I just want to say, just as a fan. Uh, that's what I find uh, intriguing or interesting about following you is that you keep us engaged. You know, you're you're putting out the red, the white, the blue. You're you're doing tours. You're you know you went out with Foreigner a couple of years ago. You're on social media, interacting, and that's what I think a lot of bands fail to do. They just they put out an album and then for two years you you see nothing. You go to their Twitter and it says last updated in 2017, and you just like. Yeah. Ah, but you're you're there, yeah, and that that not, keeps us interested. Yeah, White Snake continues to stay well, present because of what you do. Well, the circumstances, you know, I can't answer for anyone else. Um, but you know, you remember we talked about it, Mitch, before that yep. songs from the dining room table. I mean, and also a lot of these box sets, these demos when on, on CD three, I think it is the last eighty seven, uh, the White Snake eighty seven. 30th anniversary um those demos have been since i joined deep purple i was given like the cassettes of of of, of instrumental music to make into songs yeah you know fuck are you kidding okay right okay <laughs> so that was my so then i went well fuck it i'm gonna sit down with richie and Wright or tommy bowling or, or glenn you know right. or john uh god rest his soul um but the uh those things were never supposed to see the light of day. <laughs> they, they, management drum, if you lose this, you're fired. You know, because in those <laughs> days, was lots of piracy. You've got to remember that, you know, mm. uh, bootlegs and stuff like that. So, you know, that was like browbeaten into me. So for years, it was just like, you know, for the 87 album, I'll never forget this. Our last day of rehearsal, we just ran through a few tunes. Anthony had come in, kicked ass on Looking for Love, Bad Boys. Uh, what the hell else? There was another one. Um, but he, uh, most drummers couldn't keep up with the Bad Boys tempo and then the double kicks that, that Sykes and I wanted at the end. Because yeah. he was really into, we approached Tommy and Rudy twice to come in. Um, but for unfortunate reasons, uh, it didn't happen, of course. And then Tommy and Rudy joined me afterwards. Go figure. 
But um, those, those, some of those evolution things were the first time I played some of those things to John. Mm. And, you know, and then for people, yeah, you know, is this love or just another sad affair? That was the original vocal. And that was originally for Tina Turner. But, you know, when we were talking about uh, with uh, Rhino uh, as being a heritage or legacy artist, whatever one, apparently I'm a classical artist now. <laughs> You're <laughs> you like, know, okay. Yeah, 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 we like that. Next, next to Bach, Bach. You're like our there. Mozart, yeah. come on. Uh, my dream. <laughs> but, but by the way. Johann Sebastian. <laughs> but, you know, so we give that stuff out, and, that's be, and that was so successful and so well received, it made me more comfortable you know, whispering songs, you know, I had a terribly painful double hernia mm -hmm. uh, and I'd play these songs, you know, for people, vacuum and dust and rights of coronavirus blues. Um, <laughs> and and it's, it became, I did like 40 fucking songs. Half the time, Cindy was either cooking in the kitchen, I'm at the end of the dining table, or she was taking a nap and I had to sit really quiet, but it kept. Uh-oh. Oh, we lost them. Did we lose oh, him? Oh, no. We lost him. We lost him. Oh, that is too bad. Oh, all right. Had, well, maybe well, the publicist... He, he might pop back in. Who knows? Yeah, but, who knows? Uh, well, let's recap quickly. You know, Whitesnake, Red, White, and Blues albums are available now. The most recent came out on February 19th, the Blues one. This is the Red one. Look at that awesome... Look at that awesome vinyl. It's yeah, and by the way, you can actually see the embossing. Like, if you hold it up just at that angle, you can see... Yeah. yeah that is, that is spectacular, and... I have. I, I know. I've asked him before why "Looking for Love" was left off the uh, North. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, here we go. Ah, he's back. Hello. He back, Mr. Coverdale. Is that you or me? Oh, is that you or me? Oh, you lost. Yeah, it was you. That you, was we, you. We, we were still going. We we kept the show going. <laughs> well, well, but, but thank you. Thank <laughs> you for calling back. Pretty. The show must. The show must go on. Yes, yes we were just uh, we were just showing the uh, the red vinyl to everybody. But uh, here, before we lose you, I I I've, I know we've spoken about it before, but I want to. Looking for love is one of the greatest songs you've done, and I still don't understand why in North America you left it off the goddamn eighties. I didn't. I didn't. I blame. Fred. I just put the target right on John David Kolodna. I came back Good. from a very disappointing uh, visit with my daughter uh, in Munich. I came back, uh, got off the plane and got, developed flu. I was living in a penthouse in the Mondrian Hotel in West Hollywood, feeling like crap. And I discovered this production cassette in those days mm. uh, of the album, you know, and it was completely different running order to what I'd said uh, and proposed. And, and I mean, crying in the rain to close a dude, not a fucking opener. Um, and the biggest attention grabber you could imagine was still at the night. That was going to be the opening. Right. Um, and it just, it sounded awful to me. I was almost $3 million in debt. And it was afterwards I went, wait a minute, where the fuck is looking for love? It's one of the grand white snake epics of the, if it's 40 odd year career, wow, you know, uh, it, it, and, and, and he'd left it off. I couldn't yeah. fucking believe it. So I it put it no on sense. the European one. It made yeah. no sense whatsoever. There's even None a European whatsoever. video that was showed on MTV Europe. And, and it's like, how do you make a big budget video, show it on MTV Europe, and then come to North America and pretend it just doesn't exist? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was, uh, it was just, it was entirely John David Kolodna. And by the time I came out of the flu, 
um, it was out of radio and, you know, etched in stone, as they say. But it, that's, you know, it, it should definitely have been on uh, on the 87 album, as it yeah. was in, in the other parts of the world. Yeah. But as I say, Geffen, uh, Geffen Records was, was interesting, let's say. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I absolve myself of any shame. <laughs> I love well, it. Yeah, well, thank yeah. God for 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 the, the the box sets, and thank God for for this blues album because that yeah. song has now been given its proper place in in, oh, in the God. shrine John of White Solo. Yeah. John Solo. Oh, well, that's the thing with these. You just hear the clarity, the beautiful sound. You can hear the wood of the Les Paul neck on "Is This Love Still the Night?" On you know on. Um, uh, looking for love, beautifully played, beautifully layered, uh, and that was one of the songs, uh, one of the first songs we had. We would jam on that with all, all the drummers we auditioned and stuff, and uh, with Neil Murray, John, and I, no keyboard player, um, John's little pedal board with uh, um, chorus pedals and stuff. You know, it yeah. was. I was going, oh my god, I can't wait to to perform this live, and we've never performed it live. Well, it's time. It is time. Yeah, it's about time. Well, anyway, I hope so. Yeah. Anyways, well. All right, my loves. Yeah, Mr. Well, Carhill, yeah, this I'm was awesome. For my next victim. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> well, enjoy. But thank you for giving us so much time. Always, always a pleasure. Oh, yeah, my and, pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure, Mr. Nice it, to meet you, Jeremy. Yeah, nice to meet you too. We'll have to do this again sometime. Oh, I look forward to it. All right, boys. Please stay safe and well. My love, uh, of course, and stay safe to all your listeners and uh, readers. Okay. All right. Thank you. We'll very see you much. on Twitter. Cheers now. God bless now. Ciao, ciao. Bye bye now. Bye. All right. There we go. There you go, Jeremy. Mr. Coverdale. That was awesome. <laughs> yes, that was that was terrific. And uh, you know, hey, uh, the blues album. Listen, they, these red, white, and blues albums have been terrific. If yeah. If you're a fan and you get these and you hear the differences, you go, wow. Well, like and if I you're not up, a fan or just discovering it, you go, yeah. wow, how did I miss this band? These sound great. Well, it, that's what we were, we talked about. You know, it's like and the fact that he he cleared that up for me and it made total sense what he said. You know, the whole point of it was to, you know, just elev- make really make the performance the star as opposed to like, you know, the production. Because when you do take away all of that, you know, crazy hall reverb from you know, the PCM 70, you know, you hear the notes being played on the fretboard and you hear, mm-hmm. you know, the little ghost notes on the snare and you hear, you know, it's, it almost sounds like, like a rehearsal room, like a yeah. well-produced wow. rehearsal room tape. And it sounds awesome. Yeah. Now we just need, uh, we need Def Leppard to uh, re-release Hysteria like that. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> we don't need that ever. All right, oh there my you God! Go. But there you go. Uh, your, I believe that's your first chat ever with uh, that was my first, Mr. Coverdale. My first ever voice-to-voice interaction with Mr. Coverdale, and it was awesome. So that was great. Yes. So that, that was great. What's well, always great, and and it, it came together rapidly. I mean, uh, here I wow. am sitting on my day off, and they and I get a call say, "Can you talk to David Coverdale in an hour from now?" It's like <laughs> literally an hour from, and then you text me like, "Coverdale in an hour, get ready." I'm like, "Okay," I'm, hop out of bed. <laughs> Put my jacket you know, on. I, it, it it worked out. I mean, had I not been on an off day, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Had you not been uh, starting later in the day, you would not have been. So yeah. per, it was perfect. It worked out. But so. uh, but it's funny because they first said, can you do it at 11.30 p.m. PST? And I'm like, 2.30 uh, a.m. in the morning? Yeah. It's David Coverdale. Fuck yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll set an alarm. I'm absolutely <laughs> up at that time for Mr. Coverdale. <laughs> yeah. And then they wrote back and said, oh, sorry, that's a typo. It's 11.30 a.m. PST. I'm like, 
Oh, okay. But I would have done yeah. it either way. So. And it's cool that he know he knew us. You know, he knows yeah. us from being online and stuff. So. You know, I, I guess we're we're like Twitter personalities or something. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You know, we're with, influencers. You know, with the amount of impressions we do monthly, Mitch, uh, I, I think we're kind of a big deal. Well, yeah, I've, I've, uh, well, I, okay, I won't brag, but yes, <laughs> impressions-wise, we, we, uh, we, we clean up, yes, uh, which we do. is interesting. Anyways, all right, enough of this but madness. White Snake, Red, White, and Blues albums available now. The latest one came out on uh, February nineteenth. Pre-order, mm-hmm. you know, stream it, download it, do what you got to do, but get the vinyl, get the CDs. You want the physical thing. He, as he said in the interview, he put a lot of work into the whole packaging and took takes a lot of pride in it. So go buy it and have it in your hands, you know? Yes. And White Snake will tour. He cannot sign your Spotify. He needs to sign your album. That's a very good point. Yes. I remember Can't seeing, sign Spotify. Um, I remember seeing Justin yeah. Bieber in concert a couple of years ago yes. and he was signing Can you find my phone. Can you find my phone? Well, dude, it's people have had their iPhones signed. Like, can you sign the back of my phone? And I'm like, what do you, what? What's wrong with you? It's smidged by the time the concert's over and all the sweat. It's like, come on. Anyways, all right. There you like go. People who are like, can, can you sign my arm or can you sign my boob? And then they go take a shower. It's like, yeah. That was good. Yeah. Dave signed here once. Yeah, sure, yeah. he did. Well, that's no, why he... you bring your tattoo artist with you to the concert. With you. You know. Well, actually, you did that at your birthday party. You had a tattoo artist at the birthday yes, party. Yes, of course. Because if Mr. Coverdale shows up, you know, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. Well, there you go. Anyway, that was fun. That was interesting. We got plenty of time. Yeah. And I only made one mistake this time. Yeah. That was that was kind of funny, but who cares? I think, you know. Uh, I know. The, the the funny thing is, is that I, I have these tabs in front of me with different points that I want to get to. And I opened up a page plant. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wikipedia page rather Nobody than... Nobody died. It's all good. Ah, but at least, at least I did not call him Dave. No. I learned... I learned that the last time. And he had a funny answer, so, you know. Yeah. Anyways, Anyways, all right. Thank you, sir. There you go. Bonsoir.